0: with this week's episode of Tell Me More with Katie Hodges and Dr. Dennis Wiles where Dr. Wiles asks me about what I preached on Sunday. But then I also ask him about what he would have done with this wonderful text in 1 Corinthians 13 about what love is and what love isn't and how it points us to Jesus and even the end times when all things are made right. So, It's a fun conversation for us and we're glad you're here. Enjoy listening. Welcome to this episode of Tell Me More. I'm back in the podcast studio with Dr. Dennis Wiles, and we're looking back at the sermon from yesterday. However, hmm. Pastor, oh. you, were, you were out of town. <laughs> That's right. And so in your stead, I preached. Come on now. I preached 1 Corinthians 13. And so people have asked me, well, what's the podcast going to be about? And I would tell y'all, I don't really know. Right. <laughs> we'll figure it out. But one, it's Monday morning and you're back, so we're mm-hmm. glad you're back at First Baptist.
1: Mm-hmm. Glad to be back.
0: How was your weekend away?
1: You know, we had a great time, and uh, in fact, um, first of all, great job. Thank you. Really good sermon. Thank you. And I really loved your message. Uh, I love the—you uh, don't know this about me, but um, watermelon may be my favorite fruit.
0: Is that right? Oh, I love watermelon. And don't you agree that it needs to yeah, have it need, that patch?
1: It need, yeah, but I, I'm spot. not smart enough to know that I'm not country enough. So Now, come on. The way I, the way I usually um, Do ensure— Do you thump it? I do. You're a thumper. I'm a thumper. Yeah.
0: I can't get the right. You know, I can <laughs> so, thump all of them and say those yeah. all sound good. That's but.
1: what my dad taught me. But we have a running joke in our family. Um, we are in the. We are. We should be. We we should be turned into the watermelon police because we, we, we're terrible. We will buy a watermelon, and I cannot tell you how many watermelons I've thrown away throw in my married away. life. Yeah, because we just never get around to cutting it. And so you know. what I'll do now. The running joke now is Cindy will buy a watermelon. And, um, and so I'll be unloading the groceries to the car and I'll say, Do you want me to go ahead and just throw this in the trash? Or I mean, just put it in the refrigerator for a week. I'll throw it in next week's yeah. trash. That's and like, Sure enough, yeah. that's what we do. <laughs> that's
0: like spring mix salad. You get the salad because you feel like you need to, and right. then you throw it away when it gets
1: run. So I am sure – the um the watermelon that i want is i buy the ones all sometimes that are pre-sliced you know, so i, I can look too. at them and well, i go Ooh, and, that looks really good and it's a lot
0: easier to just I, if it's in the fridge like that you'll eat it but <laughs> it costs more anyway i
1: don't know but, so yeah treaties on watermelon but you did a great job i thought it was a great illustration um about the fact that being connected to the vine longer yeah. produces yeah. the very things that jesus wants us to have so really Thank good you. job great job and i i just loved the uh the connection the connections that you made.
0: I texted um, with my brother-in-law last night because I called – I didn't mean to call him out. Actually, in the second service, <laughs> if you awesome. listen to the second service, I was saying – I was trying to make a um, – kind of vouch for him like, hey yeah. – He's still single, ladies. You know, kind of one of those. But I could hear the reaction, and the, the, I went back and listened because yeah, yeah. I thought, oh dear, Spencer. I was trying to talk you up and right. not diss you. And so right. I texted him last night and I said, hey, I was trying He, he thought it was hilarious. He said I could he could be a, he could be an illustration in every sermon I did, and he wouldn't care.
1: I thought it was awesome. Yeah, he
0: did want to clarify that he, when I asked him to pick out a different picture, he yeah. says he did pick out a different uh, picture.
1: But that's not you what know, you know, some revi- <laughs> revisionist history. We'll have to go back and see. I thought <laughs> but, that was great. Well, it I was love funny. that too. That. The illustration, looking in the mirror. But, you know, I would tell you this, this weekend for me, um, we were in the Hill Country mm-hmm. doing a wedding, and um, our daughter-in-law, Adrian, she's married our son, Josiah. Her sister, Olivia, mm-hmm. was uh, was her wedding. And uh, Olivia and Adrian's parents, they're in our church, Jerry and Julie. Mm-hmm. Um, great people, very talented people. Um, Jerry's an airplane pilot by training mm-hmm. and, um, Julie is a physician assistant, mm-hmm. bright, brilliant people, but man, they're just, they can do anything. You've said this before. Oh my goodness. He can do anything. Oh my goodness. So anyway, the cool thing was Cove's family, the fiance, the groom, they own a, like a 500 acre ranch right outside of Blanco or Blanco, how you pronounce it, mm-hmm.
0: Texas. To so Hill Country.
1: Yes. Yeah. And so, um, when Josiah and Adrian got married, they got married at a venue um, just outside of Weatherford, I guess. So Olivia wanted to have that kind of wedding, but they wanted to have it at Cove's like family. Ranch. Ranch. That's right, a family okay. ranch. So there's a um, <clears throat> on that 500 acres. There's a kind of the at the I guess the highest point is where Cove proposed to Olivia. Okay, and so that's where we had the wedding. Oh. And that's where they're going to build their home, their family home. Wow. So it's a
0: it's a meaningful mm-hmm. plot of land.
1: But what Jerry and Julie did was they basically turned that plot of land and the ranch into a wedding venue. And so Jerry and Julie, Jerry really built everything. He mm-hmm. built the platform, the stage, the backdrop. He went and found an old windmill on their property, cut it down and took the you know, the big fan part mm-hmm. of the windmill. Mm-hmm. That was the backdrop for the wedding for the stage. Um mm-hmm. gathered up wow. all kind of wood and antlers and everything from all over the property, and he he took this um, trampoline, and he made this huge arch from hmm. the middle of the trampoline, mm-hmm. decorated with all kinds of real rustic Western stuff. They had all these carriages, horse-drawn carriages that took everybody up to the venue, and then when Olivia um, and Jerry, when he came to walk her down the aisle... Uh, there, you have to come up a hill to get to where we were. So they were sitting at the bottom of the hill in a white horse-drawn carriage, and he's there with a wow. cowboy hat on. I feel like I was in a movie. Yeah, I could see um, why. <laughs> Meanwhile, <laughs> what are you
0: wearing? A bolo, I, a bolo tie yeah, is so what I'm, I heard. I'm
1: about as western as Dennis Wiles can get. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. anyway. I mean,
0: that's significant. Yeah, it was. It okay. was
1: pretty cool. Um, But, you know, as I watched it all unfold, what I saw was an expression of love. Olivia and Olivia helped. Olivia is very; she can do all kinds of Mm -hmm. things. She's a welder, and Mm -hmm. so she helped. Oh, yeah, she helped build some of the set herself. But um, as the weekend unfolded, I just watched love in action. Mm -hmm. You know, in other words, um, Olivia won. Now she participated, so she Mm -hmm. helped and and cove did as well. But it was primarily Jerry and Julie's show, if that makes Mm -hmm. sense. But what was cool about it was Jerry did all of that. But he did not do it for himself. He didn't want it. It wasn't mm-hmm. like he built this great venue mm-hmm. and said, Hey, everybody, take pictures of this and look at what I did. Yeah. It was all about her. Mm-hmm. It was all about what his mm-hmm. daughter wanted, all about what was going to make her happy, make it a special, memorable day. So everything was built around that. Mm-hmm. And I thought, okay, so I watched that, and then I listened to your sermon on You're Sunday, thinking. and I thought, you know what? I just saw that, actually. Um, it wasn't proud. It wasn't arrogant. It wasn't puffed up. Mm-hmm. Not it's self-seeking, a, No, obviously. it's been a year in the planning, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, so I was just really humbled by their love for their daughter. And uh, and just to me, seeing love in action to mm-hmm. me, which was just a beautiful thing. So, it it was really yeah, incredible. You then had I, a live
0: illustration right in front. of That's right. Then I listened
1: that? to your sermon, and and I, I thought, you know, it's interesting. Some of the things that you said just reminded me of what I had just seen mm-hmm. right out in front of it's me. Good. So it was pretty cool. Well, so this was a great a good weekend. great time for us, and oh. uh, we did. Uh, you know, I I'm I'm not. Uh, I mean, I'm not a I'm uh, not a. I'm not a Westerner, you know, uh-huh. so I'm not a you're, cowboy. You're boot. Southern, but you're I'm not southern, Western. That's right. So, mm-hmm. but the hill country part of Texas is it's interesting to me. It's um, its own
0: little subculture, it isn't is. it? <laughs> yeah. I
1: enjoy visiting it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and, uh, I can read the subtext <laughs> yeah. there. And um, but we went to uh, it's it's kind of a rugged beauty. It, it, for those of you that are Texans, I'm sure you already yeah, know yeah. It's
0: rocky. It's yeah. It's just different. trees, you know. Yeah. It's not
1: right. It has its own allure uh-huh. to it. I think I like it. And, um, but I'm from
0: Texas. Yeah, so there yeah. you go. Mm-hmm.
1: But um, um, but the the we also explored. We went to this really cool place, the cave without a name, right outside of Bernie. Okay, I've not heard of that. Most incredible, one of the most incredible things I've ever seen. You know, It's just um this this um, series of caves, and it's a uh, um, a farmer had a a sinkhole on his property, and a goat fell down in it. And so he he this was back in the 1880s or something. So he he uh, took his 10-year-old son and tied a rope. They could hear the goat down there crying. So mm-hmm. the farmer just tied a rope around his son and dropped him through the same hole and uh-huh. with a rope and kind of tied the little goat up, uh-huh. bring him back up. And the boy says, you're not going to believe what's down there. <laughs> you know? It's a whole cave. <laughs> There's a big hole in the ground. <laughs> so it, it would be years later before they actually explored it. And yeah, it's you know, cool, last travel. week,
0: I think we talked about uh, goats and caves and little boys <laughs> <laughs> with the, um, the Qumran, the sea uh, yeah, scrolls. That's right. So look, we've made yeah, a, you know, us. we could do yeah. three in a row. If we here.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Very different. It's pretty But, you know, discovery. Yeah.
0: Discovery with uh, wandering
1: sheep. That's right.
0: Okay. There's well, probably a metaphor there. Yeah. Well,
1: tell me this. So you preached yesterday. Yes, sir. Really good sermon.
0: But I have no more. They heard everything. <laughs> so tell me, you, tell me the, more. The church heard everything I know. No, I'm just
1: messing with it. So up, when but. you think about... You had a chance to study this text, and uh, which happens to all of us.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then you've got, you know, 20, 30 minutes or so to kind of share in a in a, mm-hmm. in a in a sermonic form yep. what you've learned yeah. and what you want to communicate, which I thought you did very well. You know, I taught preaching at Truett Seminary for about mm-hmm. eight years. And so you would mm-hmm. get an A-plus for I, that sermon. Well, oh, that's um, very nice. Thank really, you. Really, really good. I took
0: preaching at Truett Seminary. Not with you, yeah. but with Joe Gregory. Yeah. Oh well if yeah. you can have me. I mean yeah. Joel.
1: Okay. What a good session. And um
0: oh he's retired now. You <laughs> Hewlett- Wonder- Thank you, yes. That's my mm-hmm. pregnancy brain. Yeah. One, two wonderful men oh, my goodness. to learn from and
1: really good preachers. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. But
1: um but I loved the introduction. I loved the the way you just walked us through the context of First mm-hmm. Corinthians thirteen. And then I love how when you got to the conclusion you pulled us back to the idea mm-hmm. of that watermelon staying connected to the vine longer and it produces the sweetness, you Mm -hmm. know, and the personification of love and pointing us to Christ. Mm -hmm. Uh, All of that I thought was well done. So, Thank you. But with all that said, is there anything else in there? Yeah, Yeah. is there something you're thinking, man, I could have talked about this or I might have mentioned that. You know, when you look at some of this, Mm -hmm. um, you know, like, for example, verses four through seven. Well, that's the love is
0: the four through seven is the. Yeah. I don't know if it's the heart of the whole Corinthian message, but mm-hmm. it's certainly the heart of this, mm-hmm. and that's where I mean that's what you're going to cross stitch on a pillow, mm-hmm. hang hang above your guest bathroom. You know, I mean, <laughs> right. it's classic and it's beautiful. I think they could have gone a lot of different directions within that, and even within the next paragraph. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about the, and we can talk about that too. Mm-hmm. But I I don't know that I spent. You could spend time explaining each of these words, mm-hmm. Greek words, right? Because each of them in the Greek. There's more to it. Although I think the NIV does a really good job translating it. Mm -hmm. But when you talk about. um,
1: The 15 verbs lined up, you know, I think is right. It's just a little overwhelming. Yes.
0: (laughs) And so when you talk about patience and kindness, envy, boast, proud. I mean, I'm just looking at these kind of descriptors. Mm -hmm. There's a lot more. I I think that's why I spent so much time in this sermon, particularly. I can't tell you how many times I typed the word Paul or Corinth. Mm Mm-hmm. To take it back to where it began mm-hmm. because I, I think for us – and we've talked about this. Uh, we – I think both you and I and every commentator I read really want to drive home that this is not just an ode to love. right? And it's not just this segment that Paul may have written mm-hmm. months ago yeah. you know, in a, in a stuck dream. In his,
1: just stuck in his pocket. And thought, I yeah, I thought one day. this would
0: be beautiful. No, mm-hmm. it's so pointed to mm-hmm. the problem in Corinth. Mm-hmm. And so I think, I think I spent more time there. But mm-hmm. I think if you preached it again and just wanted to walk through – More of an exegesis of the Greek Mm -hmm. of all of these words. Mm -hmm. I think someone could do that. Mm -hmm. You know, There's a lot that I – I don't know if I left on the table, but I just didn't go that direction. Mm -hmm. I think that's the main thing. And then the second paragraph, at least in in the NIV, it does three paragraphs. It just takes an odd, to me, unexpected. Mm -hmm. If you're reading this for the first time Mm -hmm. and Paul's talking – just kind of rebuke about love and you had to have love. And then he just shifts gears to say like all this will pass away. Mm -hmm. All this will be done away with. Mm -hmm. And the only thing that will matter – is he And this – I didn't camp out here. This is also interesting, is faith, hope, and love, mm-hmm. but love is the greatest. Mm-hmm. And you're like, Paul, what were you thinking – I mean, not what were you thinking like this is harebrained, but mm-hmm. why faith and hope? Because mm-hmm. those are also forward thinking. Mm-hmm. Why, why does prophecy fade away, mm-hmm. but you keep faith? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. In terms of giftedness, mm-hmm. that's more of a fruit of the Spirit, mm-hmm. but not a mm-hmm. spiritual gift. So I think there's a lot in this passage about maybe nuancing, parsing between what's a – gift of the spirit that's used for this this inaugurated mm-hmm. eschatology, mm-hmm. this in-between mm-hmm. time,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and what's a fruit of the spirit mm-hmm. that's more of the expression of our love and, and, and will stay with us longer. Mm-hmm. So I didn't camp out on any of that, mm-hmm. but when you read the last few verses, it's just interesting. Mm-hmm. The way he talks about maturing, seeing God face-to-face, what we've only seen in a mirror, mm-hmm. and then all these other gifts, the gifts will pass away, mm-hmm. but these fruit of the spirit Mm-hmm. not all of them, but faith, hope, and love mm-hmm. will remain, but really it's love. You know, there's just mm-hmm. a lot. He kind of slips in at the end. Mm-hmm. And I I was reading a lot of commentaries on it, and I didn't camp out there. I wanted to mention it, just really clarify it. But I think there's a lot more there probably, mm-hmm. and you, you may want to tell mm-hmm. us more about that. But well, I, I, that's where I left it.
1: Yeah, I think, I think you're right about the, all the verse verses four through seven. As I said, I think there's 15 of them, which to me... Communicates mm-hmm. love is not this kind of uh, um, soft, sweet feeling. Mm-hmm. You experience that, and
0: then it's also you
1: know, what love will do, right. but also it's,
0: what love will not allow it will not itself do to do, and right. not do. Yeah, which it's, is it's, anyway, yeah, so. it's
1: just love. So okay, it, it's action, dynamic. You mm-hmm. know, in those verses, mm-hmm. I think the next section is about eschatology. I think that um, if you look at the bigger picture in Corinth. There seems to be this infatuation with eschatology in Corinth among the Christians that the the new era has arrived the new age has come and um it's almost like the Corinthians seem to flaunt that a little bit hmm. that their freedom now is in its fullest expression because the end is finally come yes. and all of that mm-hmm. and and so Paul to me is one of the things in this letter, the thread that's woven through the letter is Paul said, Oh, so you think the end has come. So so you think you've you've arrived you, you think you are now fully consummated in the kingdom of God and there's incest in the church. Interesting that mm-hmm. I see that. Mm-hmm. And you can't get along with each other. Yeah. And You're, you think that we've arrived you've in the yeah. 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 So yeah. I think Paul's saying, actually no, you you you've misplaced your eschatology. Um, you don't even honor the fact that God has given you this this bodily existence, you act like that you live above that now. Mm-hmm. So it really doesn't matter. You mm-hmm. know, Food for the stomach, stomach's for food, oh, well, whatever. You know, everything's permissible for me. Yep. So, mm-hmm. because I'm in a new era, I'm in a new age, and it's like the spirit now has taken over. And so not even a belief in the resurrection of the body any longer, because there's no need for it, you know? And I think, so Paul, in some ways, is a corrective, if you will, pastoral corrective, mm-hmm. theologically corrective, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's where you get this, this next section kind in First of eight, Corinthians eight thirteen. 13. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In other mm-hmm. words, okay. So let me let me help you understand. If we were really in the final consummation of the age to come, the age to come has already been launched. Of course it has. I mean, I think that's Paul's eschatology. Jesus has launched this new era. However, it's not fully consummated. Mm-hmm. We still have prophecy. You know, we we still have preaching and, and teaching. You know, we we still have these manifestations of these gifts because they're needed in this inaugurated season of this new era. But the day will come Mm -hmm. when that will no longer be necessary Mm -hmm. because we'll be fully known. We'll still have hope because we'll be facing the future. And it's like C.S. Lewis says, um, you know, when when we finally experience eternity, It'll be like the unfolding of a of a story where every chapter is better than the one before, you know. So there's a sense of hope that'll still be there, okay. and your faith is still placed in the God who's created all of this. Mm-hmm. But love will finally be on full display, mm-hmm. you know, when the kingdom is fully consummated. And I think what Paul is saying is, it's not on full display in Corinth. Mm-hmm. It's just not not this kind of love. Yes. And so when it all comes, when Jesus finally returns. We'll have faith in Him. We'll have hope for the future. But then you'll really see love, and it's actually the greatest thing that God has given us: is that ability to love and receive love. And so we'll see it fully yeah. in the kingdom come. Yeah.
0: Does, do you think, for you, well, for the average listener, to me, when I was reading this, it brings up a lot of questions about what we think the afterlife might be like, mm-hmm. what heaven might be like. Right. So he's talking about when the kingdom comes. Mm-hmm. It sounds very positive. Mm-hmm. You know, it's mm-hmm. our our childhood, our childlike qualities will pass mm-hmm. away, and we'll f- mm-hmm. see immaturity Mm -hmm. that's right we'll see god face to face Mm -hmm. he says what Mm -hmm. we only see in a a mirror dimly lit which Mm -hmm. is so poetic Mm -hmm. but then i i don't know it it got my gears turning on what do we think heaven will really look like Mm
1: -hmm. it'll be here on earth a new earth and i think that's where people get confused about heaven they see it kind of as uh, a real yeah your abstract Mm -hmm. kind of um, experience where yeah, you're Floating on a cloud, and you turn into an angel. And we, sing, and we say,
0: sing all day long. That's right. Mm-hmm. And
1: uh, which, uh, <laughs> anyway.
0: And my, some people will say, didn't, "That doesn't sound uh, that great." I don't think I want that. Yeah, I just don't want to go to hell. The hell sounds terrible. <laughs> Heaven sounds
1: neutral that's at best. Right. You know, yeah. which so, is a shame. It is. Yeah. I mean, think about the re. The, the recreation story mm-hmm. um so just a little teaser in in um 2023
0: if you're listening
1: 2023 our theme is going to be why does it matter
0: why does it matter
1: and we're going to study the gospel of john which, which is love. all about new creation yeah and in my bible study uh in january we'll start with genesis which is about creation and we'll connect the story of creation to the new creation and so um god created the heavens and the earth well the day is going to come When there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth, Mm -hmm. well, that new heaven and new earth are going to collide. That's how I read the scripture. So that means we're going to have a bodily existence in eternity that's going Mm -hmm. to feel very natural to us because it's going to be connected to a new earth. So we're going to have a new earth experience. Mm -hmm. And we know earth. I mean, we know this earth. It makes sense to us. Mm -hmm. And we'll be able to live for eternity in that kind of experience, which means everything we currently see now is just a, a, a shadow, if you will, it's just a taste. Of what's really going to come, it's kind of like the Lord's Supper. You just get a taste; yeah. you don't get the full. So the things banquet. that we see
0: now, I mean, we're experiencing relational love. Right. We're experiencing a connection with God through mm-hmm. the Spirit, but mm-hmm. not in right. its full. Can you imagine what
1: that'd be really, yeah. really be like in the when the new heaven and the new earth collide? Mm-hmm. You know, when Jesus returns, he the, the way I read the Scripture when he when he brings the church to him, mm-hmm. you know, in First Thessalonians. Um, When the when the text says, and there we will meet him in the air, that word for meet was used by the Greeks to refer to someone when a dignitary is visiting a city, everyone would go out and meet that dignitary and mm. escort them back into the city. doesn't mean that we're going to be co- totally removed from anything that makes any sense to us mm. and into this existence that, mm. like you said, is very abstract. Right. We're going to usher him back to the kingdom so we, of God on that's earth. That's how you see
0: it. We meet him in the air. Is Correct. that the word they use? Air, heaven. Uh,
1: yeah, wherever. Th- that Greek, whatever. Mm-hmm.
0: And bring him back Absolutely, we welcome him to mm-hmm. yeah. where he has been reigning That's in right. part, That's but right. will then reign in full. And
1: I think what Paul is saying is now when that happens, it's going to look a whole lot better than what's going on right now in Corinth. Yes. Okay. Now you think you got it going on because you've got prophecies and you've got tongues and all those things, mm-hmm. which is, they're great. Those are manifestations of the presence of the spirit of God, mm-hmm. but they're only useful for a certain season of the kingdom. And the day will come which is and interesting no to me. I don't. I don't know
0: that I've given that a lot of of academic thought, to mm-hmm. be honest. Mm-hmm. That these gifts are for a season mm-hmm. to get us to a place. Mm-hmm. Then they'll, then they'll fade away. That's right. You know. And I think that's that's probably why when reading through this and studying through this, mm-hmm. I was uh, surprised. Is that mm-hmm. a fair word? Mm-hmm. Not that I haven't read it before, but I also don't know that I've ever heard First Corinthians thirteen preached. My mom and I were joking mm-hmm. about that last night. Other than at a wedding, yeah. you know, with a homily, mm-hmm. but really. Preached in a deeper way, but mm-hmm. certainly I, I think you can you can I can trek with Paul, and it makes a lot of sense. And then you mm-hmm. get to, you get to eight or even nine, and mm-hmm. now it's um, it's very mm-hmm. rebuking, right? It's but very it contextualizes
1: rebuking. if you think about it the way I would read it. That's why I said last Sunday, Sunday a week ago, twelve, thirteen, and fourteen hang together, I mm-hmm. believe, mm-hmm. Um, as from an interpretive perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, so it contextualizes. Paul's um, pastoral word to the church. Mm-hmm. You're so infatuated with these expressive gifts, primarily tongues and prophecy. Mm-hmm. That's, where the, that's where the rub seems to be. And and it is such a big deal to them when they get together in their worship services where the people that have those gifts are prominently displaying them. No, not necessarily, I wouldn't say everybody, Katie. I mean, we, you know, we have to yeah. understand there are some good, faithful, sure. godly Christians. They're just the a problem children, so, yeah. wouldn't we say? So but you have folks who have gone to seed
0: Mm -hmm.
1: on these two sign gifts primarily. I mean, these two public gifts of prophecy, preaching, proclaiming, Mm -hmm. and also these ecstatic utterances. Okay. well, and and so what that does is, is once again, is calling attention to the immature believers in the crowd, if you will. And so when you think about what Paul says is, "Okay, now let's talk about these gifts. Now let me explain to you why you even have the gifts in the first place. Mm-hmm. That's what he does in chapter twelve. Mm-hmm. Let me explain to you the church and a little bit of pneumatology, the role. Why do we even have the Spirit mm-hmm. of God? Mm-hmm. And then he says, "Now, but at the heart of all this is still the behavioral um, um, characteristics that I'm seeing on display in Corinth, which to me demonstrate just how immaterial you are. No wonder you're having trouble
0: mm-hmm.
1: with prophecy and tongues. You're not even demonstrating deep love for each other. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not. You're not even." Um, D- uh, living out these manifestations of the presence of christ in ways that are much deeper than the manifestations of spiritual gifts mm-hmm. so for example you're not impatient with each other that's on display because you can't get along with each other you mm-hmm. say well i'm of chloe i mean, I mean i'm of apollos well i'm a paul i'm of mm-hmm. peter mm-hmm. well okay well you're very impatient with each other and evidently you're keeping a record of what everybody's doing many of them were and, and so paul seems to say look before we can even really and truly get the worship stuff sorted out, <laughs> we gotta get the core basic relational things straightened out. Because love I mean, life is lived on a relational level. It's lived privately, not publicly. Mm-hmm. I mean our public life is is the smallest part of us, if you think about that. Mm-hmm. It's your private life. That that's where you live. And um so you're you're by by that I mean it's public in the sense of general are relation to other people. But I'm talking yeah. about if you have these gifts, those you're are only on, on display. Yeah, yeah, they're only on display for, think about it. Let's say you have the gift of prophecy. Well, that's only going to happen in a public worship service.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But every day you're going to show how patient you are and how mm-hmm. caring you are and how you love somebody. That's where you really live. And Paul says, let's let's get that straight. Then I can help you sort out what to do when y'all get together for worship. Mm-hmm. But if I don't, have, why would I go ahead and talk about that when I'm not even convinced y'all even love each other? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. to me, 13 is a is a pretty confrontational word from Paul right in the heart of a lesson about how to deal with these manifestations of the spirit of mm-hmm. god. Mm-hmm. It but I think it what happened to us is it's such a beautiful expression of love. It's, it is such an in, incredibly insightful message about love. Mm-hmm. We've just kind of plucked it out of context yes. and just said this is the this is the treatise on love. Mm-hmm. I would agree with that. It is. But it's but we can't divorce it from why it was written yeah. in the first place, because yeah. that only deepens our it understanding does.
0: of it. So then, I hope can... that's
1: even what happened to you in your study that yeah. it it even deepens your appreciation for it. That it's not mm-hmm. just to be read at. A, there's nothing wrong with reading it at a wedding. I do it all the time. Yeah. But my goodness, it was it was written to a oh, bless you. Excuse it was me. written to a, a a real group of people yep. dealing with some real issues. Mm-hmm. That's why it's so endearing. And
0: to I me. think that's why, for me, if we go back to I, I think the, um. The turn of phrase where you could really focus it on Jesus, but then also focus it on yourself, I think mm-hmm. that puts it in a Corinthian context. Mm-hmm. For me, mm-hmm. uh, Corinthians, look at I'm, – I'm holding this up, and you're not measuring up. Then mm-hmm. I think if you put myself in there mm-hmm. – and then it has more of what I think Paul was trying to get to. Mm-hmm. It connects it to your own mm-hmm. shortfallings, your mm-hmm. short, shortcomings, and I think okay. it makes it much richer then because mm-hmm. then it's a, a challenge, mm-hmm. not just a pat mm-hmm. on the back. Right. You know?
1: and, and you know how um, – you know how central Jesus is to Paul's theology? You know that Jesus changes everything for Paul. Okay, the, the, the encounter on the road to Damascus. Um Paul's whole life course is altered and and he becomes a true Jesus man. Mm-hmm. So it wouldn't surprise me that in Paul's mind, as he's writing all this out, He's wanting to connect to these Corinthians. This is who Jesus is. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. you're, you're supposed to be followers of Jesus in yes. Corinth, reflecting Jesus in Corinth. Well, like you said, Sunday, look at the mirror. Do, do you like how this looks? I mean, you, you, you said um, you said something like, uh, "Well, I don't look like that." You know, mm-hmm. you see a photo of yourself. Uh-huh. That's not how I yeah. look. Mm-hmm. Um, or. I think you said Jack Goodyear said you know you go stand on the yeah, scales. Well, yeah, that's not Jack how much Goodyear. I weigh. Yeah, um. that's not me. I think mean, <laughs> yeah.
0: that's you know. And you are like at some point that is you. That's right. You, <laughs> you know? just don't want it to be. That's right. Or I don't want it to be.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And so it shows the gap between who we are and who we can be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's Jesus focused, which I love that. Yeah. And but it's uh, but it's it's challenging. I mean, you know, um, I would tell you, just listening to your sermon, I went back and just reread again the text. Mm-hmm. And um, from a, from the eyes of, okay, what if, what if I felt like this was really directed at me mm. in my mm. current life? Well, it, it's pretty yeah. convicting,
0: which, you know, I had some people come up to me after and they said, okay, I put my name in it. I'm, maybe I'm this, maybe I'm that, this one though, right. Oof, I yeah. got to work on that, which right. is helpful it for is us in good. our formation. And mm. I
1: love that you did that. You know, to me, that was a, a that was one of the strong part points mm. of the sermon, because I think, you know, in a sermon, you want it to be instructional, inspirational for sure. But at some point, um, you want it to move people. That's what Augustine used to say. You know, you want it to move people. Mm-hmm. And I felt like that was a part of the movement in the sermon. Yeah, that's good. Was to challenge me as a listener to go, okay, I'm, I'm going to put Dennis Wiles in here. I'm going to see how far I get, mm-hmm. and and um, and I'm going to try to be honest. But I know myself well enough to know I'm going to go. I'm, I'm, okay, I'm pretty good at that. I'm mm-hmm. a, let me go ahead and give me an out on that one. Mm-hmm. But I had a hard time getting through it. Hmm. Just because I stopped and thought, mm, okay, I'm not sure I'd say that now yeah. about me just yet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's a good
0: exercise and mm-hmm. it can also turn into a good, you know, we don't, I say we, I don't think in Baptist life, confession is a high priority. At mm-hmm. least it's part of a worship service mm-hmm. or whatever. We don't. Obviously, we don't have confession booths, but right. that's for good reason. That's right. that's theological. Right. But I think it can turn into a really good confession mm-hmm. if you were, would to were to flip them mm-hmm. and say, "I am not patient. Mm-hmm. I am not kind." Mm-hmm. You know, at least in these ways, mm-hmm. I I do boast. I mean, you could turn it into a very honest conversation with God.
1: Mm-hmm. Help me, Lord. Pretty
0: quickly, yeah. If you wanted to, so <laughs> yeah. a good. It's a good. It's but a good th- think about how
1: it's us. going to set the stage for us, um, even for this coming Sunday. Yeah, are you? I, you know, this coming I've Sunday. At it, but
0: what are you chapter focusing 14, on? What are, you, are you focusing on 14? It's,
1: it's worship. Mm-hmm. And it's worship. this whole idea of coming together as the people of God um, to to bring praise and thanksgiving and blessing and offering to God. But it's also a time to, um, to receive instruction, information, challenge, blessing, um, encouragement, confrontation. Mm-hmm. Um, and so – but – it's, it's To me, it's, a, it's also a reminder that we do that in community with one another. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're living this life together with one another, and the context is love. And so even some of the harsh words that we might hear in 1 Corinthians 14 mm-hmm. about worship, mm-hmm. they're contextualized by the fact that Paul has already told us, look, if you'll love each start there, mm-hmm. then this won't, maybe won't seem quite so harsh. Mm-hmm. But if you're in competition with each other, mm-hmm. if you're boastful, if you're if you're immature, then these expressions that are going to take place in a public worship service are going to be a problem. So mm-hmm. if you have problem people, you know, like if you have women who just want to flaunt their freedom. Mm-hmm. Okay, let me just single them out. Yeah. So, you know, in yeah. other words, in that culture, if you came for a worship service like that, you would be respectful. You would you would let everybody know that you're a respectful woman. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't show up in a tube top with your head uncovered and um uh, you know, uh, hot shorts or whatever you used to call them, hot pants, hot pants. And, and high heels. Uh-huh. And, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You could do that because you're free. What difference does it make? You're free to wear whatever you want to mm-hmm. wear? Of course. Mm-hmm. Well, they were doing that in Corinth, evidently. Well, I don't have to have my head covered anymore. I'm a Christian. I'm, yep. I've been set free from any of these cultural mm-hmm. um, expressions. And and I, I want everybody to know when I'm out in public, when I'm walking with my husband, I don't have to do what mm-hmm. you do anymore. I'm free. That's right. Well, that was so loud that many of the people in Corinth couldn't even hear what the Christians were saying. Why? why, why? And I don't mean just to single out women, but but Paul does just because it was a cultural convention and and, uh, bless you. And all of a sudden you decide, well, I don't don't have to do that anymore. You know, I'll do whatever I want to do. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, Paul's point is well, show me the love in that. Show me where you're living in community with fellow believers, and you really believe this is not about you. Mm-hmm. This is about the gospel and its power in in this particular setting. Mm-hmm. Everybody's flaunting everything in Corinth. Mm-hmm. My goodness, it's mm-hmm. an immoral culture. So why join the parade? Yeah. You know, why, why not show humble yourself? Yeah, you know, that that this really isn't about you. Mm-hmm. It's about Jesus. So if if you can get that across, it kind of softens some of what comes from Paul. But if you don't, if you don't contextualize, you go, man, Paul. Seriously, man, he just, oh, you know, he's just, hard. he's a hard man. He's hard mm-hmm. to deal with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, not a, not if you really listen to his heart yeah. and hear what he has to say. Yeah. Um, now he could be confrontational. Don't get me wrong, you know. But I mean, think about it. It's not just women. He 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 says in First Corinthians five. Okay, you got a guy in the church that's living with his father's wife. Won't you go ahead and just turn him over for the destruction of the flesh? Turn him over to Satan. <laughs> Whoa! Okay, yeah, <laughs> that's a hard word. <laughs> Luke, you know, uh,
0: this week as I was preparing, he sent me a meme, and I'm going to get it wrong, and I don't want I don't want to spend time looking it up. But it was basically like Paul can go two ways. One is we are beautiful heirs to the throne of Christ, and you know, the right. children of God. And then the other is like, come on, you hussies, get it, in, get it in order, you know, <laughs> get right. it in gear. <laughs>
1: that is right. And you have
0: both of those, and mm-hmm. well, yeah. I think for. For chapter thirteen, particularly, we probably read it as the first one. Mm -hmm. How beautiful and really is probably more the second one.
1: Come on, yeah. You get to chapter fourteen, and Paul says, "You know the way y'all are acting, you're better off if you just quit meeting." That's basically what he was saying. (laughs) (laughs) That's how bad it is with with you guys. And uh, what a—that's a harsh word, but it's a but it's a timely one. You know, it's a word about even for us today, and we'll talk about this Sunday. Just the public presence of worship is very important in our culture. Mm -hmm. But if you're not careful, you can cross over a line, Mm -hmm. and we get just as infatuated with our public manifestations as they did theirs. Yeah,
0: it could probably be pretty relevant mm-hmm. for us mm-hmm. today. Absolutely. Different than uh, meat in the marketplace. That's right. You know, whether you have to kind of nuance that mm-hmm, one. Mm-hmm. Worship yeah. and the advantageous, mm-hmm. self-seeking mm-hmm. nature of worship, mm-hmm. that's, pretty, mm-hmm. that's pretty
1: forefront, isn't it? Right, it is. Well, so.
0: I look forward to hearing it. Okay.
1: Well, what else do you need to tell us, uh, well, Katie? One, you 1 I mean, Corinthians 13?
0: There's, <laughs> no, there's two things. One... Uh, I guess you could call him our producer, Kyle Judkins. Mm -hmm. He's great, one of those behind the scenes people that makes our church great. Uh, I've been joking around that these aren't labeled. Mm -hmm. And guess what? I walked into today a labeled soundboard. Okay, perfect. So now I know this. So this is for Kyle. Well, that really keeps going, doesn't it? That's pretty long. We we join in the applause. Yes, that one is labeled big cheer, and it did not disappoint. So thank you, Kyle, for labeling these for us. So I probably won't use them any more strategically than I have been, but now it's on me and not on Kyle. Uh, But I do have a question that came up for me while I was studying, and it's a little – it's not abstract, but it's unique to this and and it's my thought process. Mm -hmm. But you know, I have a lot of access to the knowledge of Jesus. In mm-hmm. in because I have a New Testament Correct. and I have years of church mm-hmm. history to lean on, mm-hmm. how well Paul, – Paul points people to Jesus. Mm-hmm. He talks about Jesus. Mm-hmm. We say that this chapter 13 has Jesus right behind mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Paul did not walk with Jesus in his ministerial life. Right. I mean he, he had an encounter with the risen mm-hmm. Jesus. Right. And then Paul goes on to preach Jesus. Mm-hmm. Did he have access to the gospels? Did he just have firsthand accounts? How well could Paul have known Jesus mm-hmm. in the same way that I know Jesus? Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean?
1: Right. That's a great question. What I would say is, first of all, I believe Paul met Jesus on the road to Damascus. I also believe that Paul had some incredible personal encounters with the resurrected Lord in the early part of Paul's Christian experience. You know, he mentions in Second Corinthians, I was taken up to like a seventh heaven or mm-hmm. something like that. There's this idea among scholars that during Paul's days as an early Christian, that the resurrected Lord actually was with him Just spent
0: time with correct him. Mm-hmm. and
1: appeared to him in visions and dreams, however, very early on, we don 't really know for sure how long it took, but we do know this there were there were oral traditions very early on um, that communicated the life of Jesus and the teachings of Jesus, mm-hmm. and so we believe those were shared. We actually even think there probably was some kind of a written source. Mm-hmm. That was probably circulated among the churches and the early Christians quickly, pretty quickly, yeah that um that was just a collection evidently of some of the teachings of Jesus and certainly the the story of jesus life and um and the reason we think that is because when you read Matthew, Mark and Luke, mm-hmm. they have a very similar perspective in sharing the story of mm-hmm. Jesus, mm-hmm. and so some people refer to that that particular source. As um as the Q document mm-hmm. comes, we from talked a, about that a few weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, comes from the German word starts with Q. quell. Mm-hmm. but anyway, so there's this idea, so this
0: sense that they had something right. con- concrete that correct. was circulating. That's what to teach some about people Jesus. would say. Mm-hmm. And later, they, <clears throat> and then, when they wrote the gospels, they're mm-hmm. referring back to that, right? Likely correct. Okay,
1: and I and I'm I would tell you, you know that goes all the way back to the whole study our conversation about biblical yes, criticism. You know? we, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. We spent a lot of time on that. We did. And uh, a lot of places to I, go. I'm, I think that that's probably likely that mm-hmm. there was some kind of written material
0: that Paul would have had
1: access to. Had access mm-hmm. to so know? it wouldn't have
0: been Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, but it would no, have. not yet. Sub- something <clears throat> substitute Correct. that they would have worked off of. Correct. Well, Matthew, Mark, and Luke.
1: Right. Yep. What I would say is Matthew, Mark, and Luke will will appear in written form later after Paul. But I think there was enough, uh, first of all, the revelation of God through Christ to Paul personally, Mm -hmm. one. And then second, I would say there was probably some kind of um, uh, distribution of the teachings of Jesus. But you also got to remember, Paul was also personally related in, in, I mean, in terms of of having a friendship with the apostles. Mm -hmm. I mean, Paul was in Jerusalem Mm -hmm. with the apostles. Mm -hmm. So you can only imagine that I'm sure they had conversations, Paul. I'm sure, well, what happened next? Well, then what happened? Mm-hmm. Okay, well, how long did that take? So, And he's just soaking up mm-hmm. this. That's probably what I'd say. That is a combination of a mm-hmm. number of things. And, uh, and, of course, at that time, too, you're you're leaning on the Holy Spirit pretty heavily mm-hmm. because the Spirit of God is revealing these things about God, about Christ. So even the churches are having to lean into all of this very early very on. very different. And that's, than- and that's why, on the one hand, I think we have to exegete these texts and be honest about them, about what Paul was confronting in Corinth. But we need to do it with a, with a little bit of patience mm-hmm. because they didn't – you're right. The, the Corinthian Christians did not have the access to what you and I have today. Mm-hmm. And so um, the fact that they were even able to adhere to I mean, the basic core doctrines – They're in
0: Acts, so it's not like we that's could right. – I mean,
1: yeah, it's, the it's not like they could have written. the New Testament. That's they're right. in it. You know, They're a part so, of it. Mm-hmm. It's the unfolding. It's an era where everything's unfolding. Yeah. I, I've said before in the past that I, there's a part of me that wishes I had been alive at that time. That I would have be loved something. to have seen it. There's another part of me that, that quivers a little bit because I'm, I'm not sure I would have bought into it. It's
0: intimidating to me to think <laughs> right. about, you know, people yeah. literally just people kind of jest like, oh man, if I was there when Jesus was crucified, I'd.
1: Mm-hmm. I'd be right, you know. Right. And I'm like,
0: I think I would have yeah. hidden in the upper Might have been room. I mean, in the
1: hills. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean,
0: you may have never seen me again. That's right. Truly, although and I am so, a woman, and they did fare better, so maybe no, that would. True. But yeah,
1: that's true. Yeah. Uh, oh, well,
0: that that question for mm-hmm. me springs from. I think in general, in this era, there are a lot of people, myself included, that are just trying to reconcile Jesus and Paul
1: mm-hmm.
0: because some some things seem
1: mm-hmm. incompatible. Oh yeah, and and oh, I there are books written about it where people say, well, yeah. G- uh, Paul hijacked the The religion of Jesus yeah. the cult yeah. of Jesus I don't mean cult in a negative way right. the, the, the following of jesus mm-hmm. and I,
0: and shifts it in a direction that Jesus right. wouldn't have taken, and I think mm-hmm. that's where well i, would, I think I in our conversations in, in here we've mm-hmm. we've we've worked pretty hard to legitimate mm-hmm. is that a word yeah, mm-hmm. legitimize, yeah. Paul? legitimize paul's mm-hmm. paul's seat mm-hmm. you know in, in this whole church building, mm-hmm. but I think that's helpful for me to think about you know mm-hmm.
1: yeah.
0: and it's and it's uncomfortable for me to think about the guidance of the Holy Spirit to do the thing.
1: That's right. Think I about think, though. Yeah. Think about some of the passages in Paul's writings about Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know, Colossians one comes mm-hmm. to mind. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Philippians two. Mm-hmm. Paul had a very high view of Jesus, yes. and so to for, for those who try to argue that Paul kind of hijacked this movement, so mm-hmm. to speak, and took it in a direction that Jesus and that his would have intent may have been right. Then Malicious. That's, that's very that's misguided, that, that unfounded, yeah. and I think unprovable.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: in fact, I'd say the opposite is true. Paul is very, Paul has a high Christology. Yeah. Most
0: know? people are doing that, I think, or they're trying to reconcile the, the ethics of mm-hmm. it. Sexuality, of course, of course. but even, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, there's just a right. lot they
1: could go and, and But what happens is, you remember, you and I, um, we attended that sermon by Beth Moore at 1st mm-hmm. Baptist Waco.
0: One of the best sermons I've sat under. Right. truly. so
1: when Beth talked about, well, this Jesus, Mm -hmm. you know, so Mm -hmm. the people that do try to separate Paul and Jesus, they also, in my opinion, have somewhat of a limited view of Jesus, Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, because they paint a picture of Jesus being this kind of soft, sweet, gentle Savior, you know, who's all about love Mm -hmm. and that's all he is. And they have... So what they have to do is dismiss some of the the full revelation of Jesus mm-hmm. to paint that portrait, you know, because Jesus could be very confrontational. Now, he was very gracious. Of course, he's God in the flesh. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, these stories that circulate about Jesus that are finally written down for us, he, he could be he could be very challenging and confrontational. He, he didn't meet people in their sin and bless them in their sin. Mm-hmm. He met people. He blessed them and affirmed them as people. But he confronted their mm-hmm. sinfulness. I mean, Jesus was not. I mean, Jesus, you know, he would turn and look at all these followers and say, "I tell you what, why don't you eat eat my body, and okay, drink my blood?" Okay, I was thinking of the blood. same text,
0: and then the text yeah. goes on to say, yeah. many of them did not like that teaching <laughs> yeah, that's and walked away. Exactly I mean, th- right. there was too much for them, <laughs> it was too and they much. left. Right. And then he turns to the disciples yeah. and is like, "What about what, you guys?" Yeah. And they and they say, "This beautiful. <laughs> right. You know, where else can we go, <laughs> right. Jesus?" You know, which I hope I'm in that camp, but you, you can't know unless you're there. It,
1: to me, if you're not careful, you can mm-hmm. paint a portrait of Jesus. It, it, it this very different than the real Jesus. It's mm-hmm. like, um, in the 1900s, um, there was this, um, uh, search for the historical Jesus mm-hmm. was a big thing among mm-hmm. scholars. Mm-hmm. And once, once that group of scholars kind of came to their end, if you will, um, one evangelical scholar was writing about it. And he said, yeah, these folks who were searching for the historical Jesus did all this work and it, you know, plumb the depths of 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 their understanding of the text, and at the end of the day, you find them actually looking into a well, and there, there's a pool there, and they're just seeing a reflection of themselves mm. because they actually painted a picture of Jesus that felt very much like them. It's a
0: prophetic word.
1: Yeah, yeah. and I just think eh, you got to be careful. careful about that now. Careful. If you if you're going to be a follower of Jesus, then you have to be the follower follower of the Jesus, and the I, only Jesus. You
0: know, I appreciate. I, one of the last sermons you've preached, you talked about the w w j d right. movement, which is not bad, no, uh, of you're course. not trying to throw it out, yeah. I don't think, but we, you can't know what Jesus would do if you didn't know what Jesus did that's correct and so it is Start a, it's, there. it's a call to get to know <laughs> Jesus correct. of the scriptures correct. in his fullness, what you like, what you don't like, mm-hmm. and then learn to follow that mm-hmm. jesus way so a good mm-hmm. a good challenge mm-hmm. well, that's helpful for me, okay. Wow. First Corinthians 13. We did it. We did You it. preached the sermon, I and did. I got to
1: enjoy it and, and be blessed yeah. by it. And hopefully and
0: then... you got to rattle off a little bit of what, what stands out to you and what Perfect. you think is important for our church to Absolutely. hear. And so that's why we do this. Mm-hmm. So that's great. Good. Well, I'm excited to be back in here next week mm-hmm. in a more normal rhythm mm-hmm. where we get to talk through what you think about worship. Mm-hmm. And I think that's very relevant mm-hmm. and valid for mm-hmm. our culture today. Mm-hmm. So I look forward to it. And I hope you all have a great week. Mm-hmm. And I hope you enjoy this and keep listening. Let me know if there's a direction you want us to go, and we'll do it. All right. Thanks, boss. Mm -hmm. Y'all have a good week. Thanks for listening to the Tell Me More podcast today. You can subscribe to this podcast on your app of choice, or you can visit us at fbca.org to find out more information about the podcast and our church. Thanks for listening.